This is a restless giveaway. Wait, wait. Before we get to the bonus content, I want to give good news to someone who reviewed us on iTunes. If you are Veritas18, you win a book. You need to email us at restlesspodcasting at gmail.com. Find it in the show notes. You said, as a recovering YRR, this is a common topic of conversation amongst my friends. Though my experience is different than the hosts, I too have followed the YRR into the reformed route. Really enjoying the podcast. Also, in one of the episodes, the host mentioned there was probably not a ton of female listeners. We are here, smiley face. Again, contact us if you left this review, and we will send you a book. This is The Restless Podcast. Welcome back to the Restless Bonus Giveaway content. I've got Pastor Michael here for more bonus content. Oh, I'm all for it. I'm here for it. The content never ends. Never ends. I want to, before we get to a, a great listener question on Two Kingdoms, I want to offer a, um, a brief, maybe we'll call it a retraction, or at least a slight correction to our Jesus Wants the Rose reaction. So in the beginning, Matt Chandler mentions his, his fraught relationship with the church. Well, I went and I looked at the rest of that very strangely named sermon, and he does say that throughout time, he was being disciplined of that view of the church and became to be viewed that there were so many lost people in the church, he needed to do this as a churchman. So, Michael, do you want to make any mea culpas? Restless has regrets. We have regrets. We, we got it wrong. Uh, or, or maybe, you know, we just listen to something out of context like everybody else does. And, uh, you know, but we did come back to correct it and that's what we want to do. So, Hey, if you catch us on that ever, uh, point it out, we want you to, we don't want to, we don't want to sit here without any regrets. We want regrets. And frankly, it's your fault. You didn't catch us. And so (laughs) I, I, are you blaming the people that are listening? Wait, please don't go. Please, please don't leave because Matt's blaming you. Yep. I, I, I am shamelessly blaming them. And so the the reason you don't want to go today is because we are going to discuss a listener's question on two kingdoms. And so it's from our episode where we discussed with Dr. Stephen Wolf uh, the theology of the two kingdoms. I'll just I'll make another admission here. One of the main reasons we invited him on the show is because I just wanted to talk to him more and gain more clarity myself on to the two kingdoms. And so I found our conversation enjoyable. I'll read this listener's question. Jared, thanks for the email, man. And we will, Pastor Michael and I, I think there are kind of two questions here we're going to, we're going to tackle just briefly here in our, in our bonus content land. So he said, I've never heard of this and that he means the two kingdoms before and still don't have a solid understanding of it. But I wanted to ask a question about a comment Michael made around the 16-minute mark. He talked about politics being separate from theology in some ways, and that functionally, politics should not try to bring God's kingdom to earth. Uh, Pastor Michael, before we get to his questions, I just want to say I went back to that moment in the podcast to try and figure out what he meant. And so it was in um, context of, Stephen describing between distinguishing between the two kingdoms, that a person may be a very 
lowly person here on earth in what we would call the civil kingdom in the eyes of the world, but can be first in the kingdom of heaven. And that he's, I mean, he pretty explicitly said that, that this isn't something we can, we, we really should be trying to import into the civil kingdom. And you made the comment that any person who actually tries to bring this heavenly vision down to earth now, it kind of always blows up. Do you want to, do you want to expand on what your comment was before we get into the question, his question? Let me do that. Um, so w what I was uh, especially thinking of is uh, what you might call uh, imminentizing the eschaton, uh, where we try to say, well, because there's going to be uh, this kind of life in the new heavens and new earth, right? Because this is the, the heavenly reality. We need to force that onto the earthly reality that we're now in. And so uh, when I talk about that being a problem and always not working, um, I'm thinking of things like uh, communism. Uh, so communism is a, a movement that tries to do this, that tries to say, and, and many have you know, used this even through uh, looking through a biblical lens, well, because there are these, these uh, realities that are going to be someday, we need to force that on the here and now. And every time that happens, it leads to death. Because the only way to find, you know, in, especially in an egalitarian system, the only way that you, uh, you know, reach a full kind of egalitarianism in this life is going to be death. Because we all die, uh, but we're not all, all going to be wealthy. We're not all going to be really tall. We're not all going to be uh, really smart. Uh, not everybody's going to be in the same position here. Now, in Christ, uh, we do have a kind of, of equality that does come. Uh, Christ does not say, come unto me all who are super wealthy. Christ does not say, come unto me all who are really powerful. Uh, he says, come unto me, right? All, all who are burdened and heavy laden uh, by their sin. And so uh, he, you know, it, this, this is the difference though. And this is why two kingdoms is really important. Uh, there's, there's more that could be said about that. That, 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 that was my main thrust. That was the main uh, idea that I was trying yeah. to get at. Yeah, let me give one more example of, of this kind of the, the heavenly, right, this peace, this peace on earth, the League of Nations after World War I, right? It's, and it was, a, it, was a, it was a form of post-millennialism. It was a, a, a liberal form, right? And the social religion came, but we were going to solve the world's problems. And what did we get after that? We got another, a worse world war. We got communism. We got a Cold War, right? And so I, I think that you were talking about a practical concern. But then he gets to his question, which is actually a question about the theology of the two kingdoms, which will go to his second paragraph. So my question is this, says the reader, but isn't this why we pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? With politics, aren't we trying to develop governments and policies to promote human peace and flourishing? And as Christians, if we believe God's word describes a superior kingdom, in which human peace and harmony coincide, shouldn't we long for this to come to earth? This is a great question. Really and phenomenal. This is a great question and, and is one of the very understandable reactions when you first hear about the idea of the two kingdoms. Because the, depending on where you get these ideas of the two kingdoms, one of the, one of the objections you're going to get is, well, so you're saying Jesus isn't really Lord over everything. And I think Stephen probably did a great job making it clear. No, he is Lord of both. He just rules them differently for different 
purposes. And, and what you're getting at, Jared, our listener, is that you have to live in both of these kingdoms at the same time. And so the two questions Michael and I are going to kind of split how you answer this is, is what does it mean for Christians living in, in these two kingdoms? Well, how do they relate? How do we bring Jesus' kingdom? Does that come into our politics? And then the second one is, maybe even just more specifically, what does it mean to pray for God's kingdom to come on earth and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven? Pastor Michael, I, I told you we were going to do it this way. Do you want to kind of give your answer about this kind of relation of these two kingdoms? And then, and then I will. We can see where we match up, where we might differ. Yeah, so I guess, I mean, what I really want to do is just read the larger catechism and say I agree with it. So I don't know sure. if that's the best thing to do now or if you want to, you know, start. It's up to you. Yeah, let me, uh, let me um, try and lay out these some of the distinctions, and then we'll go, let's go to the larger catechism. The, the key thing to remember with the two kingdoms is that you are living in both of them right now. However, the church, when we think about what the church is, where it came from, the church is a spiritual institution. The church is not a earthly or political institution, and it was spiritually created right, by the Spirit of God, and it was created for spiritual ends. And so we are working, right, inside out. The, the gospel and the church comes to give us a right relationship with God. It's, it's actually not, Jesus didn't die to upend the, the, the social order. And so they are, they are actually separate. And so Yes, Jesus is Lord of both. Yes, you live in both. But here's, here's maybe the example. I would, I'll give two examples of this, and then Pastor Michael can, can take it. Is right? Jesus in his lifetime says, the kingdom of God is coming near to you. What was near to those people that Jesus was, that was coming near to them? Well, it's, it wasn't a new political order. It actually, it wasn't justice for wrongs. It wasn't even really holier people at that point. What was coming near to them was Jesus and his, and his transforming power, right? The king of heaven was here. Now, this was invisible to the outside world, but that's what was coming near to them. And, and I think that's the same thing that's coming near to us today. But what you're getting at, and what I think is important is, but it does have effects on the temporal kingdom today. When... John preaches repentance in Luke 3. What does he say? He says, the soldiers, you should not extort anymore if you're really repentant. The tax collectors only collect, collect what you're owed, right? Act justly. Now, what's important is John doesn't completely change the political order in Rome, right? And Jesus doesn't either, much to the frustration of some. But what does, what does the gospel, what does the preaching of John do? It restores these people to their right place. It puts them back in doing it in the right way. It, it does bring justice. It does bring lives that are actually going to more reflect what they're actually supposed to do. But it's, it's not a, a, a new idea, right? He doesn't say quit the army 
join this army, right? These kinds of things. Pastor Michael, um, I'm, I want to give a potential problem if we too closely equate these, but what do you think about what I've said so far? Yeah, I think that's really good. And I think we all kind of know this on a certain level um, <laughs> if we just put it in different terms. And so uh, imagine this. Uh, imagine, you know, you go to church on a Sunday and uh, the pastor starts handing out guns. And uh, he says, we're going to bring the kingdom of God and we're going to start going to each of our neighbors and hold them at gunpoint and say, we want you to convert, right? You would say, well, that's insane, right? That's wicked. That's sinful. That's not right. That's not how the kingdom of God advances, right? So what you're saying, there's, there's, there's not a, a physical means to, uh, to uh, expand the kingdom of God or what you might say an earthly means, right? It's, we use spiritual means. The church is a spiritual institution. Uh, this is, you know, uh, often referred to as the, the doctrine of the spirituality of the church. Um, so, you know, Christ proclaimed that the kingdom of heaven was at hand and he preached that kingdom and that kingdom came, right? The, the, the kingdom of God uh, did come through the work of Christ and that kingdom is uh, here now, but it's a spiritual kingdom uh, and it does have an, uh, a visible uh, uh, earthly, uh, you know, it, we have buildings and we have bodies and, and and all that. But that doesn't mean at the same time, as I think, again, everybody would agree, just because there's a church building and people meet in it, does that mean that they are part of the kingdom of God? Well, you say, well, no, not necessarily. Okay, well, you know, if somebody denies Christ, but they go to church every Sunday, uh, are they a part of the kingdom of God? You say, well, no. Uh, well, no, they're not. Uh, that's because that, you know, what we have on earth is a, is a you know, a kind of mix of the two. You have, uh, you have both the wheat and the tares growing together. And so the spiritual kingdom of God is, is uh, an invisible kingdom. It, like Matt said, it starts on the inside. It's, it, 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 it grows and it expands through the proclamation of the gospel, through the administration of the sacraments, through these spiritual means that do touch things on earth, right? We have bodies, you know, they're, they're, they're physical elements uh, to all of this. Um, so it's it's not to say, you know, physical versus spiritual as if it's like some kind of like ethereal uh, thing that never, never touches what is physical. Uh, but it is to say that that this is a, a totally different thing. And again, you see that uh, in that, you know, we're not we're not taking swords. This I just preached, uh, you know, on Sunday, we talked about, uh, you know, in Mark 14, when uh, one of the disciples cuts off the ear of the high priest servant in the garden before Jesus is arrested. Um, well, if Jesus kingdom was an earthly kingdom that it is a perfectly acceptable, reasonable thing to do. And it was just, it wasn't wrong for his disciples to want to defend him, right? This was, this was God in flesh. This was the, was the only innocent and, and righteous person there. Uh, but that was not the means by which Christ was going to establish his kingdom. He was going to yeah. establish it through the proclamation of his death, burial, and resurrection. And our clever listener might say, no, 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 I get it. We, we, we get we accomplish our earthly political ends only through the gospel. And then that's how we establish this, as, as, our, as Jared called it, the, the superior kingdom over everything. Well, the issue again is when you, we might call them the eternal and the temporal kingdom. The, the, the kingdom of Jesus is the only path to the eternal problems you have. But we, we don't want to take all of its principles, and they don't actually work in the temporal kingdom. So, for example, if we were to say the Sermon on the Mount is the new political ideology, which has kind of been tried throughout history, 
Well, there's one problem with that, and there's a lot, but we can give one, which would be the passivism. So we are totally, that you cannot, there's no call, you can't defend yourself, no self-defense, no just war theory. Well, you might hold that view, but that view is not the view of the church over time. And so what we're saying is that Christianity didn't introduce a nation state plan. God's people as a nation state expired with Israel. Now that now again, what Michael and I aren't saying is that it and what Stephen isn't saying, right? He is, he was advocating explicitly Christian politics. It has implications for nation states. Right? The the for example, the Christians of the last generation all recognized and basically agreed that communism and socialism were completely antithetical to the truths of the Christian worldview. And therefore, Christians should oppose it. But what the difference would be is saying that Christianity, Jesus didn't come into the world to defeat communism. Now he will, because it's an enemy, but he came in to defeat sin and the devil, right? No, I think that's I, I think that's really good. And this does bring up the question then, well, well then what does it mean that we pray uh, yes. that uh, God's will would be done on earth as it is in heaven, that his kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. And I think through what we've already said, you can hear that, you know, what we would say is that uh, what we are praying is that uh, the gospel would go forward, that the church would be established. Um, And let me, and so can I read now uh, from the larger catechism? Um, This is the Westminster uh, larger catechism. Uh, and you can find similar answer in the shorter catechism. It's just longer uh, and, and more in-depth in the larger catechism. But this is question 191, which is working well. The, the catechism works through the Lord's Prayer. And it gets to this petition. It says, uh, what do we pray in the second petition? It says, in the second petition, petition which is thy kingdom come, uh, acknowledging ourselves and all mankind to be by nature under the dominion of sin and Satan, we pray that the kingdom of sin and Satan may be destroyed, the gospel propagated throughout the world, the Jews called, the fullness of the Gentiles brought in, the church furnished with all gospel officers and ordinances, purged from corruption, continenced and maintained by the civil magistrate, that the ordinances of Christ may be purely dispensed and made effectual to the converting of those who are yet in their sins and the confirming comforting and building up of those that are already converted that christ would rule in our hearts here and hasten the time of his second coming and are reigning with him forever and that he would be pleased so to exercise the kingdom of his power in all the world as may be best as may best conduce to these ends and so you see here that the focus is on on the 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 propagation of the gospel uh, the increase in discipleship, the growth of believers, uh, the, the, the spreading of a church that is, is even protected or defended by the civil magistrate. You see how it touches uh, these, it's, these two kingdoms. Touch. They, they connect. It's relevant. They, they definitely connect. Uh, but the, the, the focus here is not on uh, creating a particular political, uh, political party or something like that, some kind of political program that then we would take and, and use that to spread the kingdom so-called. Now, Again, that doesn't mean that there's not externalities uh, as far as when I start living like a Christian, I'm not going to be, uh, you know, defrauding my neighbor. I'm going to oppose uh, wicked things like abortion. I'm going to, uh, you know, hope uh, the best and wish the best and act for the best of my neighbor. Uh, But uh, 
it's it's not the same thing as you know I'm a Christian, therefore to spread the kingdom, to push the kingdom to you know uh, to we make everything a gospel issue, right? This is what we call it. You know, everything's a gospel issue, which means if there are poor people around your church, your church is failing and the kingdom of God is not going forward. Well, that's, that's something that you're never going to fully fix. Jesus even says, you'll always have the poor with you, right? I mean, this Jesus in his own day didn't act the way that we're told that we have to act as Christians in order to bring his kingdom. What did he do? What does he say he came to do to preach the kingdom of heaven? This is why I've come. That, that's what he says about preaching. This is why I've come. The apostles uh, do help to set up a, a diaconal role uh, in the early church so that those in the church can be cared for, their needs can be cared for, um, that they can band together. Now, this was in uh, you know, Jerusalem in a very particular time, uh, but there, there is some you know, overlap between the physical needs of those uh, around you and in the church and, and outside of the church that is going to be affected by this. But what did the apostles say when this issue is brought to them? It's not right that we would give up preaching and prayer uh, so that we can wait tables, right? What's, what is the primary role of the church? What is the commission that Jesus gives? Was to go and disciple the nations. How do you do that, right? By, by uh, baptizing them by teaching them to obey everything that he has commanded. And so um, this is what we're trying to get at. There is, there, it's not that these two kingdoms do not touch, that they do not you know, uh, uh, connect in some way, uh, but they are different. They are distinct at the same time. And that, that, that this is good news. And again, right, even in the, in the catechism question, it mentions the civil ministry. It's not that the temporal kingdom is irrelevant, that these things don't matter at all, that Jesus isn't Lord of them, but that the coming of the kingdom is not dependent on or limited to these things or dependent on a political order, which is good news to Christians throughout most of the world. Doesn't mean we shouldn't seek these good things. But, but right, if we end the slave trade, if we end abortion, which are good things individual Christians should do, those people could still be in the kingdom of Satan. Right. They could be in a better temporal kingdom because as Christians, we've been, we've been given, as we said, we've been, like the, the Roman soldiers John preached to, we've been restored to our place in the created order. We have God's revelation in word and in nature to operate from now. But Jesus didn't die to end the slave trade or abortion. He died to give us a kingdom that, that could not be shaken. And all kingdoms here will be shaken. They can be judged. No, okay, we're we're getting too close to becoming a full episode here. I know. I, I think the the only thing I want to add, this is great. We should talk more about this, but if you listener or anyone are looking for a master class on what praying these prayers mean, go to the catechisms. Go to the larger catechism. It is expansive and deep. Look at the Heidelberg catechism. Look at these explanations of these prayers that I think you'll find so helpful that are helpful to me personally. Great question though. Really great question, which is why Jared. we talk forever about it. Thanks, Jared. We love it. Hey, do you want to win something? We'll go and share the show on social media and you still have a chance before we announce next week's winner. Maybe share our family worship episode because it's something that I think is probably the most important thing we've talked about later.